Thanks for listening to the New Stanton Church podcast. Check out our website at newstantonchurch.com where you can find out how to join our live stream at 901 on Sunday mornings. Now let's prepare our hearts for the word that we're about to receive. All right, well, good morning, church. I'm Pastor Steve, in case we haven't met. Uh, Thank you for joining us. There are some Bibles, if you are on site, uh, under your seats. If you don't have one at home, that is our gift to you. Uh, Also, if you are on site, you were handed a Connect card on the way in the door. If you would put your name and uh, any prayer requests you might have, we'd love to pray for you. Uh, There's some baskets in the back for offerings, and online we're going to share a link for you. Uh, If you are here for the first time, we are in week three of a series called Better. Uh, And if the message today is a blessing to you and you want to catch up with the rest of the series, you can do so on Facebook or listen uh, to a podcast from our website at newstantonchurch.com. In this series, as you might expect, we are looking at places in the Word of God where God specifically says one thing is better than another. With all the craziness of the world right now, most of us are making decisions that we are not used to making. Some are actually wondering if they should leave their home or not. Some are wrestling with whether to go to church or join a church online. Do you go shopping or do you do that uh, call-in pickup thing? How do you know what choice is better? If you choose to go out, do you not wear a mask, wear a mask, social distance, or do both? Some recent graduates I've heard talking about whether they should go to college or wait till they can go in person. Some are saying, I don't know if I want to pay full price for an online education. Is it as good? Can I afford to wait? What's better? Some employees are just trying to decide whether they should take the opportunity in all this craziness to retire now. Some businesses are wondering, you know what, should we stay open in defiance of the governor or should we close our door? What's better? I believe many of those choices are actually a matter of preference. Uh, There isn't really a right or wrong. We live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Uh, I personally lean towards a lot less government control in my life and a little more freedom. But I will say this. I believe as Christians we need to make better choices about how we treat people that don't come to the same conclusions that we do. What we do and how we respond to those who don't make decisions like we do matters to God. It has to do with loving our neighbors as ourselves, or even loving our enemies, if you want to define those people who don't make the same decisions like you, I read something about loving your neighbor and even your enemies in this book, and I think as Christians we need to pay heed to it. I'll say it. Amen. (laughs) Life is about making choices and dealing with the reality that those choices bring. If you happen to be taking notes this morning, I'd love for you to write this phrase down. We make choices, and our choices make us. Who we are 
today is a result of the choices that we've made in the past. And who we will become is a direct result of the choices we make right now. And some choices are better than others. How do you decide which path is better? What standard do you use? I suppose you could just do trial and error and go through life uh, just trying everything and seeing what works for you. Uh, you could spin a bottle, flip a coin. You could take someone else's advice uh, or follow your heart. This message is aimed at empowering us to make choices that bring honor to God and also how to grow in wisdom. To do that, we're going to look at an account from 2 Chronicles chapter 1. Now, just to give you some context for 2 Chronicles chapter 1, Solomon has already been anointed king in place of his father, David. David has already given Solomon his be strong and courageous speech that all of us are familiar with. Solomon, with a worshipful and thankful heart, has just offered God a thousand burnt offerings in the tent of meetings. This is before the temple was built. And after Solomon offers this burnt offering to God, which was huge, God says this in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verses 7 through 10. That night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to David my father and have made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father David be confirmed. For you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I, am, I may lead this people who is, for who is able to govern this great people of yours. Can you imagine God offered Solomon anything? Like make a wish. What would you wish for? Money, healing, more wishes. I don't think that would have worked. <laughs> a, a, a ranch house, a smoking hot and faithful spouse, a child, fame, a long life. What would you ask God for if he said, ask for whatever you want me to give you? God was so impressed with Solomon's heart and his desire to lead well that he responds with this. God said to Solomon, since this is your heart's desire and you have not asked for wealth, possessions, or honor, nor the death of your enemies, I guess that was popular with kings, and since you have not asked for a long life but wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I have made you king, Therefore, wisdom and knowledge will be given to you. And I will also give you wealth, possessions, and honor, such as no king who was before you ever had and none after you will have. Solomon went on to write many wise sayings and make wise judgments. He was given wisdom and honor 
Many regard him as the wisest person that ever lived. In his day, people would travel just to sit in his presence and ask him questions. Not to mention they came to see everything else that God had blessed them with. We're talking gold, spices, timber. The list just goes on and on and on. The better verse that we're going to look at this morning comes from the book of Proverbs that Solomon wrote. Solomon wrote the book to his son in hopes of passing his wisdom on to the next generation. I'm not sure if Solomon had in mind the day that God said, you know what, ask for anything when he wrote this verse, but I think he could have been. It's Proverbs 16, 16. It says this, how much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver. Now, Solomon wasn't just saying that because he got both. Like, he really believed this in his heart. It was the desire of his heart to get wisdom over wealth. He wanted to know, and he wanted his son to know, that if you have a choice, if you can feed your soul and feed your desire, it's better to get wisdom than wealth. It's better. We've seen studies, even in our day, that point to this truth, right? Uh, Have you seen the TV shows or read the studies about the people who win the lottery and win absolute millions? In time, their life is not better. It's disturbing uh, what people do and the shape they end up in after winning millions of dollars. One of the ways that you can grow in wisdom is by reading the Proverbs until they become part of how you think. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs and you can read one a day and finish them in a month. I did that all through seminary and, and it blessed my life and my thinking and my character for sure. I wanna point out that like just listening to a sermon on this topic is a really poor substitute for digging into the word of God and asking him to build his truth into your life. It's not that sermons are bad. Like, I'm really, really glad you're here. It's good to see everybody. But there is something that shows your heart's desire for his truth and his ways, digging into it on your own and with a group of people, like sitting in circles, digging around the word of God in a connect group, instead of just sitting in rows. Let's look this morning at what Solomon said about wisdom. The first verse we're going to tackle is Proverbs 4, 7. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Wisdom isn't just better, according to Solomon. It's supreme. Can you hear this dad trying to mold his son. Son, you may think you need smarts. You may think you need money or friends or influence or power, but I'm telling you, get wisdom. All of us need to pay attention to that verse because the wisest person who ever lived said wisdom is supreme. Even if it costs you everything you have, get understanding. 
godly wisdom comes from reading the word, but it also comes from seeking and listening to the advice of godly people, like your mom and your dad. Uh, all the kids are rolling their eyes. Gaining wisdom could literally cost you if you got a coach or a counselor, which isn't a bad idea. But hear me out. Growing in wisdom will always cost you in other ways. It will cost you time. It will cost you patience. It will cost you intent. It will require you to actually listen when people talk instead of being busy and chasing after the wind, to use a phrase from last week. Proverbs 13, 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. It is better, listen, it is better to hang out with and listen to the wise. Amen? If you want to be wise, make it a priority to hang out with people who are wise. If you want to be a fool, hang out with people that are fools. Scripture says bad company corrupts good character. And it's true. So look at your friends and the people you are hanging around right now and ask yourself, is this who I want to be? Because if you are a teen and you're hanging around other teens who are getting in trouble, guess what? You're going to get in trouble. If you are hanging around people with messed up marriages, letting them speak into your life, guess what? Your marriage isn't going to get better. If you want to make better choices and grow in wisdom, make time, pay the cost of hanging around wise people who are making godly choices. You young parents, it would be wise for you to carve out time to find a godly set of parents whose kids are like seven to ten years older than yours to talk through your frustrations with. When you're ready to pull your hair out, you need someone who has been there and done that. Invest the time in that relationship to hear their victories and heed their warnings. You need their prayers and support. We all need someone, no matter what stage in life you are in, that has been there and done that. You know why? Because fools don't know when they're being fools. Looking back, I, I wish I would have had somebody outside of our family bubble that I could have bounced things off of more. Someone that I had given permission to call me out when I was being a fool. Because even preachers make mistakes. We, we do not glow in the dark. It doesn't happen. Proverbs 12, 15 says, Fools think their own way is right. Fools don't know when they're acting like fools. But the wise listen to others. And the others there is other wise people, not other fools. That doesn't help. <laughs> A word of advice to, to young couples with kids. If it's possible, the person or couple that you reach out to to bounce things off of should not be one of your parents. And the reason for that is if it, it gets complicated, especially if Part of your frustration is the parenting style of your spouse, uh, and you're talking to their mom and dad, or your mom and dad. It just doesn't work out that way. 
Okay, next verse. Proverbs 13, 16. Wise people think before they act. Fools don't and even brag about their foolishness. This proverb says it's better to think before you act. Fools say, watch this or hold my beer. I've been meditating on a verse that many preachers quote before they start preaching. It's Psalm 19.14. It says this. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. There's a saying, a quote that I have used quite a bit in messages that says this. Thoughts become words. Words become actions. Actions become habits. Habits will determine your character, and your character will set the course of your destiny. It's one of my favorite quotes. I have never seen the connection between the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth from that scripture before. But it's there from Psalm 19, those words and thoughts that set the course of your destiny. Proverbs 13, 16 says, wise people think before they act. Fools don't and even brag about their foolishness. The truth is from that scripture, how you think, how I think is how you and I will act. To go back to Psalm 19, the words of my mouth flow from the meditation of my heart, and my actions will follow both. Here's the lesson I think God is teaching me as I've meditated on that. Don't just think before you act, because fools don't know that they're being fools. Think God's thoughts before you act. Seek godly advice before you act. That will allow you and I to make better choices. I know I'm repeating myself. But you can't think God's thoughts unless you spend time in God's word and with godly people. Do you know how much God loves you? It's in here. Do you know how God wants you to treat those who disagree with you and even persecute you? It's in here. Do you know how God wants you to act at work as a parent, as a spouse? Do you know he wants to handle your money? It's in here if you read it, read it and let God speak through his people into your life. And you and I will make better decisions. So besides getting godly people to speak into your life and reading the Bible, how, how else can we grow in wisdom and make decisions that honor God? I want to look at two more verses. The first is Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The, the fear that they're talking about there is the, the awe and respect of God. Odd question. Have you ever seen the old footage, and I am so sorry if you were there and remembered this day personally, but ha have you ever seen the old footage of teenagers who literally shook and passed out when they saw Elvis Presley. Now, I was watching something on TV the other day, and like I saw some black and white footage of these girls like tremoring and like falling over, and I was like, that is crazy. 
if God's presence in his fullest form showed up this morning, we would all be on our faces. When the Bible describes a day coming that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, that's because no one will even be able to stand in his presence. Because on that day, he will command honor and respect. I think sometimes one of the biggest problems the American church has is we have become too flippant with a holy God. A healthy respect and awe keeps you on the straight and narrow. Do you, do you remember, those of you who are, who are maybe my age, a little older, and, or had a dad that laid down the law, that healthy respect and awe of your father, we've lost some of that in our culture today. I'm not, I'm not sure that it's all good. God is a holy God. He's our friend, but he is awesome and powerful. The last scripture this morning is James 1.5. James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. God said to Solomon, what do you want? All of us can choose wisdom too. We can ask God. And he's not going to say, you've messed up too much, or who do you think you are, or that's not possible. He gives good gifts. He gives wisdom to those who ask. We make choices, and our choices make us. As, as we close, I want to ask you the question, have you ever made the wisest choice you will ever make in your life? Have you asked Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior? Do you know, not because you're good enough, but because of the good sacrifice he made on your behalf, that your eternity lies with him? That's not a pride thing. That's a bragging on God thing. Because he sent his son to die in my place, in your place. And the wisest decision you will ever make, it's the first step to making every other wise choice you will make, is to receive him as your Lord and your Savior. This morning, as God's working, God might be leading you to make all kinds of wise steps. Seek out some friends, join a connect group, spend some time in his word. But it all starts with that one choice. So if you've never made that choice and you think today's the day, bow and pray with me and pray this prayer. God, we come, I come into your presence right now with a holy respect and awe because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And God, you, you sent Jesus to die my death and there are so many things that I'm just not proud of that 
you won't hold against me at all if I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. So this morning, I, I want that to happen. I, I want to start this relationship with a God who loved me enough to send his son to die for me. So God, I receive you and I embrace you and a life, God, that I, I don't even know if I'm able to live yet, but I'm willing to try with the power of your spirit living in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the New Stanton Church Podcast. We'd love to connect with you. So visit our website at newstantonchurch.com, follow the Get Involved tab, and RSVP to our next meet and greet.